Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with actor George Webster. Oh, this is a cracker. This is a real cracking natter. You're going to love it. Um, George's got loads of energy and uh, and it goes all over the place, this chat, which is just how I like it. Um, before we get cracking with that chat, it's thank you time. Uh, big thanks to Caitlin to facilitating this interview. Biggest love always to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction PCs Network. Go check out some of the podcasts over there. Uh, there's some absolute belters. Obviously, you all know Pip's podcast. You know, he's the the podcast heavyweight. Brett Goldstein's podcast, Films to be Buried With. Oh, my God, Brett Goldstein. What can I say about that lovely man? Ted Lasso just literally just took over the world. And now we're seeing him Hercules. Ah, oh, Brett Goldstein, lovely, lovely man. Go check out Brett's um, wonderful podcast, Films to be Buried With. Very similar to this, actually, um, but films, not music. You know, it's just that kind of loads of different questions about films and it sort of forms that sort of timeline uh, at like like this very podcast does. And if you're that bothered about hearing more of my lispy twang, I've been a guest um, uh, on Brett's podcast and it was I felt very privileged to be asked on such a, a wonderful pod. Uh, so that's there if you want to listen, but I'm sure you'd rather listen to loads of mega superstars uh, uh, have a chit-chat about films. So anyway, yeah. There's uh, that is just a couple of the podcasts on the Distraction Pieces Network. There's lots, and they're all wonderful. Um, big thanks to Seventy Six for producing this. Huge love to you lot for endlessly supporting this podcast. Uh, so many of you have joined up to the Patreon, where you can watch all the episodes, um, and you get all your mixtapes, and you get standalone episodes, and all sorts of good stuff over there. And what does that cost you? One dollar a month. One dollar eighty pence a month. Twenty p a week. So 20p a week, if you can spare that, um, do it. Get loads more content, uh, and that dollar a month goes in the pot to pay for the production to ensure that I can keep putting two episodes out for free uh, every Friday and Monday. Um, You can find out about the Patreon. You can find out about the social media. You can find out about merch and everything else at www. Do people still say www? I don't think they do anymore, do they? Off the beat and not beaten beat and track podcast.com go there and that's everything you need to know if this is your first time listening as well hello like it's lovely to have you um you're very late to the party we're well over 400 episodes in there but 
it's a friendly gang over here. So so come in, just pop your shoes off, leave them on the doormat. I've got new carpets. Uh, in you come. Um, when you finish listening to this Ace Natter with George today, um, go and explore that back catalogue afterwards. Um, subscribe, that's really good. But have a little rummage in that archive because um, if you like hearing actors talking about... Uh, music and, and their their creative journey, then you can hear me talking to Maxine Peake, Blake Harrison, um, James Buckley, um, Michael Smiley, Thomas Turgus, Joe Hartley, Amanda Abington. The the list goes on. I've been so lucky to speak to some absolutely incredible uh, acting talent. Um, Scroobius Pip, he's, a, he's an actor. He's an actor. I keep telling you. He's been doing it for 10 years now. Go, go follow Pippikins and... Uh, uh, and, and, and follow that episode. It's, it was episode number one was my chat with Scroobius Pip. Um, so go give that one a listen. And, and musicians, you know, artists from rock legends like Motley Crue and the Foo Fighters through to indie darlings like Idols and Suede and Sleaford Mods. Uh, we, we, we talk about Fatboy Slim uh, a little on this episode. No spoilers there. Um, I had a wonderful chat with Norman Cook um, and other producers. I get to sit and talk to Butch Vig. Um, about producing Smells Like Teen Spirit, amongst other things, and he's a, 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 a gorgeous human being. Uh, so all of this is all available for free, so go check that at uh, website one more time, offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. And the podcast is obviously wherever you get your pods. You know that because you're listening. Why am I telling you? Anyway, let's get on with it. Please enjoy today's episode of Off The Beat and Track Podcast with George Webster. Sorry, ladies and gents, I've just got to jump in quickly and tell you that this podcast is proud to be in partnership with Hotel Chocolat. That's right. Hotel Chocolat, those people that make all the delicious chocolatey stuff, right? They have been my partner now for close to two years, and I can't thank them enough. Um, And one way that I can kind of help them is by telling all you lot about what they're up to. You know all about the chocolate stuff because you, you go and get your chocolates from there, but some of you like a little tipple of booze, right? So if you do, you need to check out their velvetized cream range. So what they've done is they've got loads of all your favourite spirits, and then they've added their lovely chocolatey, magicy stuff to it. So you can get like uh, my favourite's the mint chocolate one. Go check out their mint chocolate velvetized cream because it is delicious. The salted caramel one will blow your socks off as well. There's loads. You need to go and check out uh, the alcohol range that um, Hotel Chocolat do. And I'm proud to tell you that this podcast is in partnership with Hotel Chocolat. Go check them out. But right now, get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. George, how are you today? Stu, I'm very, very well, mate. I'm very well. Thank you for having me on. How oh, are you? Absolute pleasure. I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Do you know what? Like, you're probably about the third person. I've done about 420 of these, and you're about the third person that's reciprocated that. Right, like, how <laughs> are you? Cares. I'm all right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no one gives a shit about you, Stu. Can we just get on with talking about me and music, please? I'm not, I don't care about you. Um, well, look, I've had your, your song list sent over, which is wonderful. Um, and before we get on to um, uh, your, your songs and, and your playlist today, uh, I just want to ask you, which I, I, I generally like to sort of start the, the podcast, which I guess is kind of a somber way to start, but I'm always fascinated by how people in creative industries 
found the lockdown, uh, the 18 months of, uh, of in, in a lot of cases, not being able to work. Just tell me a little bit how you found the, uh, the, 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 the time of lockdown during the pandemic, both personally and creatively. Yeah, okay. Uh, so it's weird. I don't want to sound like a wanker, but I will. Um, personally and creatively, like those things to me are so intertwined that George is the person is George is a creative. So it's, there was no, there's no separation that became very clear, I think in the lockdown. Um, and I think the, the, the glaring thing to me that I, I don't, I learned a few lessons as well. I think a lot of the excuses that I put in place for not finishing projects, for not being able to write this thing or, or do this thing sort of just fell by the wayside. It was, it was, especially like with, with, with writing, I always thought before like, okay, right. I need a, I'm going to need three months undisturbed to sit down and finish a project. Okay. And the universe, the universe kind of came through and went, here you go. Here's three months. You don't have to do anything else, but write the thing that you've yeah. been trying to write. And then I realized, I oh, know I, I can't that that's not the excuse that the lesson was learned that it's actually me i'm putting the the blocks in the way the reasons that i'm not finishing things um so it was a huge learning process in in that way i came i came away from it with a lot of insights and lessons into my own psyche and my own creative process um and at the same time i also found that like if as an actor i i have a the outside thing of writing and creating films and stuff like that as well if i didn't have that if i was just an actor i I would have found it a lot more difficult i think um but yeah yeah did you did you find like the minute you had that time did you how are you putting pressure on yourself because um, I, I know that like just just speaking to other people and and there's various sort of different sort of reactions to this but i know for somebody that works in the creative sort of industries that when everything sort of stopped I was like right shit I need to I need to just keep going and, and doing what I can and find a way to do that and like and I don't get me wrong like most people I had that kind of week of feeling like I, it, I just went into holiday mode the sun was shining you know <laughs> and, it, and it was airport rules on drinking it was just like it's 11 a.m fuck it let's have a pint and uh, but then I, I think once you'd sort of realised that, oh, hang on a minute, this pandemic thing's not something that we're going to fix in a week. This is, oh God, shit, this looks like that might be around for a while. I need to really do something now and find out what I can do because so many of my tools have been taken off of me. Like, how much pressure did you put on yourself? A, a lot, I think. I think it was very much like I'd given myself a nine-to-five job when I'd never had a nine-to-five job before. I was like, right, I need to turn up at this time, start writing, start researching, and there's there's nothing in my way. Let's go. Yeah. And it, it definitely got to me. It still does that if I haven't achieved anything that day, that that does really, really get to me. Yeah. And it's not like I, it's not like I'm killing time either, as it, I'm sure it is with you. Like everything that I'm it, to my girlfriend, it might look like I'm just watching YouTube videos. But yeah. there's always a point to what I'm doing during the day. I'm not someone that you can just sort of sit there and watch TV and and phase out. I, I'm always thinking. I'm always sort of in my own fantasy world trying to create something. Um, 
and lockdown definitely heavied on that pressure because there was no release from that. It was, yeah, yeah. It, it was that and your five minute walk around the block and then, then back to it. Yeah. Which I, I don't also in a, in a sick way, I enjoyed that because that's almost, it's one of the most fun things for me is that daydreaming space but I definitely fell hard into that space. Yeah. Um, too much, I'd say. Ain't daydreaming wonderful? Oh, mate, I'm pro. <laughs> it's the but, best, isn't it? <laughs> how good would it be if we could just combine our daydreams? Me and you just sit here now and just like... <laughs> <laughs> what a podcast that'd be. <laughs> just no, no words spoken. <laughs> 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 all right well look um let's start your playlist mate and i'm gonna ask you please for track one to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro please okay first of all Stu, i'm gonna put a disclaimer right on well, this on this entire this is a fantastic concept for a podcast thank you and when it came through i was like right i need to i need to come up with some some cool respectable songs oh, honest is a key word there as well yeah that's that's what i was aver- that's what i was avoiding don't be too cool <laughs> well this is it I, I think I'm cooler and more cultured than this song list suggests <laughs> um, but having said that my first song which I think is the best intro I do think is an absolute classic banger and that is Tenacious D Tribute yeah you know you're, you're familiar of course yeah of course it's it's an amazing it's an amazing song anyway it's like, a, it's like an operatic song Tenacious mm. D like it's kind of what they do but not only is the intro riff so recognizable, it's like five notes that diddle everybody that knows the song is immediately in. Yeah. Starts gentle, has a slow build. Then the first line is this is the greatest and best song in the world. Just spoken. Yeah. Like they've already laid the ground. Yeah. And you go, as I think is the first time listening, you go, go on then, prove it. Oh, this is the best song in the world. And then you keep listening, you go, fucking hell, no, this is good. This is, <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> it's, uh, it definitely sort of, I think it's definitely got a nod to, to Queen because it gets so, you know, so theatrical, doesn't it? It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Obviously, the big crescendo point is that stop, rock, and it, ah, yeah. when that comes <laughs> in, it's like, oh, come on. But, and, and for me as well, like Jack Black, like, aside from being, uh, uh, a hilarious human being uh, and a wonderful actor. His voice is ridiculous. It's so good. Yeah, it's 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 mad good. And I think like I'm I'm paraphrasing a story. I'm sure, but I'm sure him and Carl Gass had a sort of exchange when they first got together. It was like Jack was going to teach Carl how to sing, and Carl was going to teach Jack how to play the guitar better. And so they both just sort of elevated each other up. Yeah. But yeah, Jack Jack's vocal is mad. It's a really great operatic rock yeah, vocal absolutely yeah yeah that that's my pick I has anyone else be... ever picked that no no and um, when, when i when i see it i was like that's a solid pick um <laughs> and uh well, I, I mean i, I want to be in jack black's gang like because he just hangs out with like the foo fighters and they just make really funny videos and then you think what a gang to hang out in like just kicking back with dave Grohl and jack black that's that's a good day out but um have you seen the film um, High Fidelity? Yes. So uh, that's, in, in my opinion, one of the greatest books ever written and one of, one of my favourite films just because it's about a, a, a tragic nerd who's obsessed with music. And uh, But uh, 
You said it, mate. I didn't. Like, oh, don't. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I read the book when I was on tour in my band in the 90s, and I had to stop reading it because I was like, I don't want to know how this ends because this is <laughs> this is my life and it's getting more and more tragic by the page. <laughs> I don't want to see where it's going to go. So I literally didn't put, like finish the book for years. Um, but the, in that in that film, like Jack Black's character in, in in High Fidelity is phenomenal. Any listeners that have never seen that, if you're listening to this podcast and you you know you you, you like music, then that film's a must. It's based on lists and uh, which is very much uh, a driving factor in this, but. Jack Black plays this irritant in the whole film who's got that kind of indie elitist uh, kind of way about him. He's rude to customers and he's just constantly talking about like these kind of avant-garde punk bands and stuff that he's into. And then right at the end of the film, uh, they, they allow his band to play. And, uh, and I don't know what I was expecting, but he just drops Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye and his voice, which is, I guess it's the payoff at the end of the film as well, because everybody's like, oh, wow. <laughs> and he's just got this huge voice, and it's beautiful. And and Tenacious D, like, there's not many huge actors. Maybe, um, what's his name from Requiem for a Dream and that? Uh, uh, God. Um, yes. Uh, him. My, my name brain is destroyed. Yes. I think because of COVID, genuinely. Oh, don't. Uh, but I, I know exactly who you mean. Uh, um, Fight Club and, oh, God, what's his name? The 30 Seconds to Mars, he's banned anyway. But there's not many huge Hollywood stars that have, like, big success in music. Like, Johnny Depp's mm. always been in bands, but he's never had success with that in regards to record sales and tours. The same with Keanu Reeves and people like that. But yeah. Tenacious D are, like, are solidly respected, you know? They'll be on the front cover of The Enemy. They'll be on the front cover of Kerrang! Like, metalers love them, indie kids love them, and it's, like, solid songs. Well, absolutely. And that's, I think, that's the decider, isn't it? It's, like, not only are they solid songs... But they're sometimes misperceived or maybe correctly perceived as like a comedy act. Yeah. Because a lot of the songs are hilarious. Yeah. But the, but I always think comedy songs only work if the song itself, if you change all the lyrics or whatever, then you've still got an amazing track behind the laughter. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, they, they were like instrumental in my life. I think I first picked up a guitar when I was maybe 14 because of, Pick of Destiny. If you see Pick of Destiny, yeah. it's their, like their stoner comedy movie. Yeah. And I, I, it was on loop at like a house party. So everyone else had gone to bed. They'd all gone off with girls and I was just sitting there obviously like the little virgin that I am <laughs> watching <laughs> today's just on, on repeat. Oh, wow. They're, I'm going to try and learn that. Yeah. And I, History by Tenacious D was the first song I think I ever learned. And so, yeah, they, they've been a, like a seminal band in my life. Love it. Love it. George, I'm going to take you back. And for track two, I'd like you to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Emotional impact. Now, I've gone with something that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have had this choice, or at least have put Bob Dylan songs in there. Spoiler alert. The song choice is Don't Think Twice, It's All Right by Bob Dylan. Yeah. Well, um, oh, it's, it's, it's stunning. And it was my first... I had a friend at school called Finbar, shout out to Finbar, Finbar Calls, um, who was absolute muso, obsessed with music, really, really lovely kid. And he, I remember him making me effectively a mixtape, but it was the 2000s, it was a mixed CD. Yeah. And he, he burnt me his favourite 
Bob Dylan songs because I was like, I don't know, Bob Dylan, like what? I, I don't get it. And I, I went home, put it into my PC. I don't think twice. It's all right. It was the first track on it. And there's just something about the way that Dylan sings it. It's not, a, it's a sad song, but it's also just kind of wistful and lyrically it's a lot of Dylan songs are obviously like a little bit more surreal um, in like sort of later years, but the lyrics in this song are so poignant in a, in a non flowery way yeah. that it just, it just seeped into me. It's, it's still probably my favorite song of all time. Yeah. And it was the first, I just remember particular lines standing out and just being like, Oh my God, that is so me. I, I know that feeling. <laughs> but I think that's what, that's what your Dylan's are for. That's what your cures for. That's what your Smiths are for. They're moments where like, they get you at the right age and it just cuts through and you, you know, and you just connect in so many different ways to, 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 to it rather than it just being a kind of that level of like, Oh, this sounds good. Like it, Absolutely. It, it, it just cuts through at a different, a different way. And I think that's when emotions start getting pulled into the mix, then, Oh, the, the journey after that in music is a beautiful thing. Um, Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Whereabouts was, where was all this happening? Where did you grow up? I grew up in a, a little town on the south coast called Seaford. Okay. Um, it's where like Beachy Head and Seven Sisters, all that is is in and around Seaford. Um, and the, the school college I went to at that time was was in Lewis, a town a little bit further yeah. inland. Um, yeah, I, I grew up there. I was there until I was 27, I think. I moved out of my parents' garage, finally had enough money to <laughs> fly the nest. Um, Fond yeah, memories the, of growing up there? Yeah, man, absolutely. It's it's a really lovely town. Really, it's it's literally on the coast. It's it's got its own beach. Not that I ever went on it or near it, but it's nice to know it's there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it, my school years, I'm still friends with loads of people from my school year. 
I go back for Christmas or whatever and everyone gets to go. It's definitely that like coming home to roost. And I think you only get that perspective when you move away and then you see like what it actually, and again, when you meet other people and hear about their upbringings or where they, where they grew up and you go, we didn't have it bad at all. Like it was, it was lovely. It was a really lovely, lovely town. Was it a, a musical house? Was there records on at home growing up? Uh, kind of. Yeah. But my, my mum is obsessed with music. She is, she's an amazing dancer, like knows the rap songs, like loads, loads of eighties rap. She's, she's pretty cool. My dad, on the other hand, um, a, a little bit less cool on the music side, but still was always playing, playing music. Yeah. And I remember my dad introduced me to Elvis at like eight and becoming obsessed with Elvis or I'd hear Frank Sinatra playing somewhere and, I'd, I've got quite an obsessive nature, so if I like something, but right, I need to learn yeah. all about this and 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 really take this in. Um, and my granddad was a, a, a musician; he, he plays guitar. Um, so I think I kind of picked that up from him, sort of. So yeah, it, I wouldn't say it's a musical household in the sense that anybody really was making music, and we didn't have a, a proper record player or anything. But there was a, there was always something going on. Yeah, there was always something playing in the background. Have you had a chance to see the Elvis film yet? I have. Oh, yes. Mate. What did you reckon? It, I loved it. it. Blew my mind. Yeah, I, I just I have worked with Austin Butler last year. Yeah, last year on a show called Masters of the Air, um, and he is an extraordinary guy. Genuinely, super down to earth, lovely, and you go, "There's no way this sharp, good-looking, charming, polite, lovely man." is this talented and then you see obviously guy fuck oh, <laughs> oh no he really is <laughs> and he was extraordinary wasn't he he absolutely oh. transcended that that role oh, i'm a bit of an elvis uh nut and just to watch the the fucking dream scene and the suspicious mind scene every single eyebrow raise finger twitch everything mm-hmm. was to the point where you're like, is this him or is this the footage? Yeah. It's was remarkable, absolutely yeah. remarkable. What a voice! It, mad. And the the crazy thing is, as well, I remember when I first met Austin, coming back and talking to my girlfriend about him, and just saying that he almost has a stardust trailing behind him. Yeah. He, he'd come off Elvis at the time. This was his his next job after that, and there was an air of. Elvis about him he wasn't doing Elvis but there was an air of like gee this this kid's fucking like going places there's a yeah. there's a real star in there yeah. and I think he's obviously found that and tuned it into to Elvis's pattern and and, and that's what has made the performance so good yeah is that he's, he's really found that within himself and like imagine finding that imagine finding Elvis in yourself as an actor and go <laughs> oh yeah I can do that Oh, Jesus, he's so goddamn cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, let's uh, let's take you back to school and uh, and and tell me a song that reminds you of that time, please, George. So the song is from my favourite TV show when I was at school. Um, again, I was a little bit too obsessed with it. It's the theme song to Smallville, which, for those who aren't familiar, is it was a CW show about kind of the for formative years of Superman, Clark Kent in Smallville in his hometown. Um, and the song is Remy Zero, Save Me. Um, do, do, are you, do you know the song? I know the song really well. Uh, I uh, 
I, I, I run like, and I've, for 30 years, I've run a, uh, like an alternative guitar music nightclub. So uh, that was a big tribute is still an absolute staple right. every weekend the whole place goes mad to that but for a good few years remy zero would get dropped there i just knew it as the remy zero track i didn't know it was from smallville and then literally right. i'd have people like half my age kind of going do you watch smallville i'm like huh and they're like that's what this song's from i'm like oh is it uh but yeah it's an absolute banger isn't it oh it's it's a it's a great great song and it's just like echoes around my brain constantly. It's just one of those things that like it's rent free in my in my head, ready to come out if I'm just cleaning or something. Just about it. It's just it's beautiful, and every every time I hear it, it it is that time travel portal back to that period where again I was at school. I was so obsessed with that show that I used to wear like a Superman T-shirt under my school uniform just because I was like, well, now I feel more like. Clark Kent in the show. It's kind of the first signs that I probably should have been an actor. I didn't know it at that point. Yeah. But I was like, it also says a lot about delusions of grandeur that I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel a bit like Superman in his hometown. Yeah. <laughs> like, what sort of there's, arsehole thing is that? Definitely two ways to look at that. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got both perspectives, like, absolute douchebag. But you at like least gravitating he gravitating towards like telephone boxes on the way home. Just like yeah. <laughs> I remember cycling home as fast as I could and then, like, kind of standing up on my pedals. And being like, this this must be what it feels like to run super fast. This <laughs> this must be the sensation, right? Okay, noted. I was a weird kid, Stu. A very weird kid. What will be your kryptonite, George? Oh wow, um, crunching. I tell you what it is. More specifically, my kryptonite would be people eating crisps on a train. Oh, dude! Like, there's a virtual high five right there, my friend. Pow. That. I, to the point where, like, I have to contain rage. Yes. Where I literally get to the point where I just think, I have to understand that they're just eating a bag of crisps, but every part of me is screaming, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. It, I, yeah, I was like, how fucking dare you? How mm. dare you look at that snack selection and not think about me? I oh, know. You, you've gone, yeah, they'll be nice. That, and that's what I also try and do. I try and just think, go, look. They've been working all day. They're really hungry. They try and have a little snack before thing. But also, fuck you. You're yeah. a demon. Get off this mm. train with your smelly bag of crisps. Yeah. What's wrong with people? Yeah. That would be my kryptonite. Would that be your kryptonite I, too? Would that be the it, same It's thing? either that or um, I, I really struggle uh, seeing people walking along with their hands down the front of their tracksuit bottoms. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. I really, really find that quite difficult to understand. <laughs> Like, I think as a 49-year-old man, if I was walking down the street with my hands down the front of my trousers, I'd get arrested and yeah, my hard gonna... drive would be taken out of my house. Yeah, you're going like... on the list, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fantastic as well if, if your reaction to seeing that was like when Superman gets kryptonite in it. <laughs> you sort of <laughs> wilt down, turn green. Like, ah. <laughs> oh, wonderful. How was, how was school, mate? I had a I had a really good time. I loved schools. Yeah. I didn't get very good grades, but like kind of knowing I, I knew I wasn't gonna my parents didn't put like an awful lot of pressure on me. Um which in hindsight was the best thing they could do. I, I knew from a really young age I wanted to be in film. I wanted to be a director since I was like eight or something. So where, every, where, where this, did that come from? I think 
as a kid, you just kind of pick up things, right? And I remember playing with my, I was obsessed with action figures and I got a lot of wrestling action figures one year for Christmas and I'm setting them all up. I think my grandma said like, oh, oh, you should be a, a director the way that you're, and I'm like, what's a, what's a director? And she explains it and you kind of go, oh, okay. Oh, right. Yeah, I'll do that. And then that just kind of builds and then someone gives you a video camera and you go, oh, oh, wow, that you can make these things. And then I got to stop motion and doing little Lego films and it just sort of grew from there. And it was a, it was a knowingness that like I, I couldn't hold down a nine to five to save my life. I can't do that sort of structure. Um, and so school was like, I had no pressure. I, I, if I didn't get a GCSE to my name, both of my parents, um, my mum has ADHD, my dad has dyslexia, my mum's dyslexic as well. So they really struggled at school. I didn't necessarily struggle in the same way, but they didn't put any pressure on me the way that I guess their parents put on them to like, you need to, to really knuckle down and, and yeah. learn here. So everything that I got in school, my grades were just kind of down to my own, like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll try my best and yeah. I, I will do no more. <laughs> um, but I, I loved it. And the school itself, Seaford head community college um, was a really great place. It went, we were in special measures when I went there, like Ofsted came in the year that I'd started and, it really, I remember it kind of like shaking the foundations and so all the teachers were suddenly really nervous. Yeah. But you just want to go like, guys, take it. you're doing fine. We're yeah. great. We're all safe. We're all yeah. happy. Don't worry about it. Was, was your desire to sort of work in the creative industries encouraged at school? Uh, no, not necessarily at school. Um, that's the other thing is I, I, I think of a pretty good bullshit radar and I, at least at college, at sort of sixth form level, I knew that people didn't necessarily care about what job I was going to get afterwards or where I wanted to go. It was almost like, I feel they need a conversion fee. They need to hit, we need a thousand students to end up in a university so we can get a bonus or something. I don't know. I could be making that conspiracy up, but it felt that way. It felt very much like by the numbers, like do this because we need you to do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it definitely wasn't like convinced out of me. I think teachers to a certain degree were like, well, he, he's too cocksure that he doesn't want to learn this. Let's put our time into other people, which gave me opportunity to sit there and doodle Lord of the Rings stuff or like say disappear into a daydream. So in that way, I sort of encouraged in a sort of backhand way. Yeah. You're a confident kid. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've felt like an adult since I was about 10. I, just like I've always had a very old head on young shoulders. Um, and again, I remember listening to my parents and your elders saying like, you know, you've got to be a, like stay a kid for as long as possible because being an adult sucks. And again, I'm taking that on board. And I'm going, OK, yeah, I'll do that. Like, for example, um, a couple of weeks ago, I bought myself a. Uh, a 300 pound lightsaber i don't need that Stu. but it you, is, do, you, you do need that yeah fair enough thank you for understanding when we but, finish recording i'll turn my my our computer around and you will see my uh my my, my breakdown during lockdown involved me spending too much money on star wars figures that i'd sold when i was nine years old and uh, i've bought them all back it's pathetic <laughs> Stu, i think we've just become- planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Become best friends. <laughs> I think uh, that's just happened. Honestly, dude. Like... I got the Millennium Falcon that was the greatest Christmas present I ever got as a kid, and I got it back, and I could have cried, man. It's, uh... That is beautiful. <laughs> but it is, because it's also like, the reason that I bought that lightsaber, I continue to buy arguably stupid things to other people, is almost like a promise to your kid, to you, like your younger self, Stu. Your kid scream, you, you as a kid screaming at you from the past going, you've got the money to get that back. Mm. Do it. Go on, have the even if it's just a, a blip of nostalgia. I think it's so important to honor your inner child or not to ignore them as a separate thing. Like you love those things, so have them back. That mm. like do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's quite weird that 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 my children look at me quite tragically as well. When it's like, <laughs> do they even they don't get it? But uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a nuanced view. No one in my family gets it. Oh, but, good. Thanks, brother. We get, we, we get it, mate. We get it. Absolutely. Um, tell me about the first record or CD that you remember buying. Now, I'm, I'm sure it was a CD and not a tape, but I can't confirm it. Um, but I have vivid memories of like the first sense of ownership that I had over a, a song because I'd gone to Woolworths and put a couple quid on it was Gorilla's Clint Eastwood, which... You know, it's an absolute banger of a of a track. Uh, and I don't know what it was about because it wasn't like necessarily the sort of music that I would listen to generally, but I guess it was such a hit at the time. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was 10 or something. But I remember it, it gave me that... It's got a real macabre feeling through the track. Like It's, it's kind of creepy in a way. And again, you, you can your question before about like an emotional, so I remember having a sort of emotional reaction to that of kind of like, Oh, this is peculiar. 
which I've since grown up. I love that feeling now when you find something a little bit that just unsettles you. And I think that was sort of the first first taste of that was was Gorillas Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that's a, that's an absolute cracker. But also, do you think that as a, as a ten year old, the kind of the visual aspect of the Gorillas kind of you know made a dent because it was so you know Damon had obviously had huge success in in in, in Blur and to team up with someone like Jamie Hewlett and, and 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 have this kind of completely new concept for a band, which is like the visuals are arguably going to be as strong as the music, uh, which is an amazing thing to sort of try and, and, and take on. And, and, and in fairness, we, you know, I'm a huge fan of Damon Auburn. He's a, he's a, he's a fellow Essex boy. And, uh, and he's probably, I, I guarantee he's sold more records with the gorillas than he has in mm. Blur because he's cracked the States, you know, with, yeah. with, with, with gorillas. And I just think that kind of sort of the, the aesthetic of, of the, the, the cartoons and, and, and just when you see some of the sort of live stuff that they do as well, I just think it's, uh, it's wonderful. And, it, and I, and I'm really interested in something that you just said about that kind of feeling of something doesn't fit perfectly into that box. Something's like, Oh, that's a bit weird. Mm. And like, and I love that feeling. Like I totally echo what you say there. It's just that that ah, that doesn't fit in that box or that box, and that draws you in more to kind of explore it, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you you got to almost like chase that feeling. It's why I think that is like part of the reason why people like horror films and films that make them feel a bit weird. It's like we're sort of drawn to things, like you say, that don't necessarily fit a classification or you can't define there's no word for that feeling you know we're kind of talking around the feeling that we know that we have um but yeah i i I think you're absolutely right that the the cartoon nature the animated nature of of that was was incredibly important um and yeah i it was it was around the time that music videos were like a cultural linchpin of being a 10, 11, 12 year old, your mates would come around and you just sit there and watch two hours of MTV and just skim through the music video channels. Yeah. And you'd find that you go, Oh, it's cartoon. We like cartoons. Yeah. And then you, you suddenly hit with this amazing song yeah. that you don't appreciate at the time. Cause you're just like, Oh, it's just yeah. the gorillas. It's just a song that is a thing. And then as you get older, you go, Oh no, wait, this, that song is incredibly respected and gorillas are incredibly respected within the industry. Yeah. And then you revisit. And that's sort of what I've done in later years is you go back and go, Oh my God, no, that is, that is really good. Yeah. Yeah. And you, maybe, maybe your taste as a 10 year old signify that goes, it knows it's yeah. like, this is good. You, you know it. Just to sort of follow up on the question on confidence, George, you, um, You've chosen uh, an industry famous for being competitive and tough. And tell me about your relationship with Drive. Uh, incredibly driven, I I think, but also um, not not at the detriment of anyone else. If some people are driven to the point where it's like, I will do anything to succeed and get to this this level, and I, I'm not interested in that at all. Um, I'm driven to try my absolute best, and if I've done that, then I'm more than happy to walk out of an audition room and not here again. There's no better feeling, actually, than 
where you've walked in there, you've smashed the audition and you walk out and it is almost like there's music playing in the air. You're just strolling down the street. Like I, I can do it because I never trained as an actor or anything like that. I, I'm constantly chasing that feeling in myself of like, I can do this. I, I can do this job. Like that felt good. That felt right. Um, and that kind of, I think that all ties in with the drive of like, right, I, I need to learn this script more than anybody else. It might necessarily be true, but. You say that you didn't train as, a, as an actor and you've been on, you know, in, in some incredible work with some incredible people. Uh, and I always like to ask, uh, and I've asked people like the Foo Fighters, tell me about your relationship with imposter syndrome, expecting them to go, fuck off. Like, I mean, the Foo Fighters, and they're like, oh, mate, every day. Tell me about uh, imposter syndrome. Is it something that you, you've experienced, and do you experience it? Yeah, for sure. And I, spe- I think acting as an industry is it, sort of magnified because so many people have trained and have that foundation that you almost are looking around going, are they doing something differently have they prepared yeah. differently and they have sometimes they they have got like different ways of learning things or different ways in um and so yeah you you absolutely do feel like imposter but the very nature of acting is imposter <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? you're always like you're s- slotting into somebody else's shoes so yeah. your day-to-day person can go right i'm going to slot into the shoes of a actor who knows what he's doing and see yeah. see if that works um but i also think like the more you're around people that are working at a, like a really good level or you meet people out, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And it's as long as you remember that, like yeah. you have this amazing respect for these people that like, they often haven't got a clue. These are good politicians. You go, these people must know like exactly what they're doing. They're blagging it. Everyone's blagging it. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. It's all part of it. It's this idea of like perfection and being ready and, and knowing things it's like it's all just a process of yeah. getting through that. I think. I hope you're not suggesting the Conservative government's a shower of shit and don't know what they're doing. How dare you? Sh- how would? How? <laughs> I wouldn't dream of it. My God. Let's that's not get into it. We'll both get in trouble. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what'll be more fun. Let's go clubbing. Tell me a song that soundtrack your time clubbing. Okay, this is a problematic one. Okay. Um, it's "I'm Sexy and I Know It" mm-hmm. by LMFAO. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminds me of my years clubbing. He says, knowing that they're truly over now, um, that whenever that song came on, I, d- I never even saw the music video for it, but something happened within me and my friend group that whenever that song came on in a club, we would take our jeans off and put them down our, by our ankles and just start like air humping each other. Um, which, you know, it's very it's a very strange thing to do. It's an even stranger thing to admit on a on a on a podcast. But was that was... popular with the security in the nightclubs? No, God no. Every time they'd be like, God, come on. And we go to the same club as well. So it's the same bloke coming over going, come on, guys, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> it wasn't funny the first time. But my my older brother Tom was a, a club promoter in Brighton, which it was the kind of big city near us in, in Seaford. Um and so he would, I'd go clubbing four times a week and my brother would just let us in and he he would come from the front door, the song would come on. And as the club promoter, he's running in with his trousers around his ankles, air humping us. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, <laughs> telling you to behave. Brilliant. No, no, no he, getting stuck in as well. <laughs> he's way worse. And so at that point, the bouncer's like, oh, look, you know what? Let, let him do it. And no, it's, it's, it's a stupid thing to do, but 
it, again, whenever that song comes on, I just I always have a little chuckle to myself because that is it. It was funny to us. Yeah, you know what I mean, to everyone else in there, going, look at them knobheads. Yeah, but sometimes it's fun to be the knobheads. Hundred percent. Yeah, that was it. That was on our, our knobhead phase. All right. Well, look for track <laughs> six, mate. I'm going to take you home, uh, and I'd like you to tell me, please, um, a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Yeah. So. Like I said, Brighton um, is in East Sussex with Seaford, um, and there's only one. There's not only one, but the Brighton boy who put the music scene on the map there is Fat Boy Slim, Norman Cook, and the song that I've picked is Weapon of Choice. Nice. Um, and again, because the, the music video is so intertwined with that song in my head, Christopher Walken doing. I mean, what a vi- I, th- I think it's the best music video of all time, and I I love that song, and it's it's impossible not to have a little shuffle to whenever yeah. it comes on. Um, yeah. So I, that's, that's my pick weapon of choice. Fat boy slim. He, uh, we were recording this literally about a week after he'd done the, the big party on the beach again, didn't he? Like, um, he last did. weekend, I was 20 years after the first one. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I spoke to a few people that went and said it was Ramo and just said it was just glorious. Like he's just an absolute legend. He, he he really is. He really is, and he's such. He's a he's a good friend of my uncle's actually from like way back in the day, and he's such a lovely, down to earth guy that you you can easily forget the like. He he is one of those people that changes music. He he arrives and the music scene changes because of him, and he's he's still got it. It's never left him. He's he's phenomenal, and it's also one of those things like I don't necessarily listen to 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 house music to club music. It's not something that I would day to this but fat boy slim cuts through that and goes now how about this amazing track that you cannot help but love and and, and respect and when you see his hit the live shows again it's like i i wouldn't go to a gig of a dj it's not something i would do but a fat boy slim's playing and, yeah. and i can get a ticket i'm going because it's yeah. a hell of a show have you have you been to a show of his before i have he's but he's done this as well and uh and so i got to speak to norman uh at length about his career because I, you know, I'm 49, George. So I wouldn't uh, believe it for a second, uh, Stu. Thanks, brother. But I, um, I grew up as a huge fan of the House Martins and Freak Power and mm-hmm. Beats International and like everything Norman's done. I've been a fan of. I think he's a fascinating human being, and uh, and I got to be a real anorak with him. And, uh, and I bet I bet that episode goes for about five hours. <laughs> to rein it in a bit but uh, but he's so down to earth and I, I put that down to the, the, the fact that I don't think you can be this big you know cocky diva if you're called Norman <laughs> I just think Norman no like and he, he's, he's just he's just normal isn't he and yeah. like and yeah I love him absolutely love him that's so uh, true and what a tune and like and, and not just weapon of choice video but the praise you video as well made by um oh he's the director oh bollocks uh was it Spike Spike, Lee? Spike Jones yeah, Spike Jones sorry yeah. yeah like uh just incredible uh yeah what a what an absolute dude right okay Tastemaker time. Last song. George, tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear. Now, this is going to sound like heavy bias Mm. because this is a song by my actual girlfriend who Mm. is, she's in the next room um, with a gun ready to go. Um, 
No, it's her name's Tara Lee, um, and she's got a song in particular I've chosen here called Drive, mm. which is a sort of 80s nostalgia pop track um, that I think is an absolute banger. And it's she's one of those annoyingly talented people. Like, she's an actress, she's a singer, she's a dancer, but she's brilliant at all of them, and you, you just hate her for it as well. And her music especially, like, she's a singer-songwriter, she can sit at a piano and just sing an epic song off the cuff you can just make one up she's oh, that's well annoying isn't it oh mate it's it's the worst and the best thing like <laughs> and i think she i mean she's working on an album at the minute and she's one of those people that like she's an untapped well of genuine creative genius with her, her songwriting so if her lyrics come out she comes up with these things where i'm like you you, you didn't even know you, you left your shoes in the hallway i've tripped over them you're, you're that much of an idiot but in the same vein, you've come out with this gorgeous poetry or this amazing hook or this imagery that that stands apart from anything else that I think is in music at the minute in, in sort of popular music. Um, and this this song is just a really well-produced track. It's a really good vibe. It's like put it in your car, play it loud at night. You can almost feel the neon flashing past you. Um and yeah, so I've, I've picked that because I think I think it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like if people if you build it, they will come. Yeah. And I think that's harder now than ever with Spotify, um, who I have a lot of bad things to say about, um, because of, because of how saturated that becomes. Like she she's had tens of thousands of, of of streams on there, but it doesn't amount to anything financially or the, the financial side of Spotify is very questionable. It's killer, man. It's absolutely killer. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm sure it has its, its positives. I mean, but it, it come and disrupted the industry at a really like uh, weird time. Uh, and it hasn't sort of gone back to how it was before. It's um, such a double-edged sword, isn't it? Like artists want to yeah. be on there because of the exposure you're going to get, but you get that exposure, you get that listens and, and you're not credited for your art. It's a, it's a monopoly, right? It might as well be a monopoly that, like people laugh, I, I subscribe to YouTube music. Like that's that's where I stream my music from. And people honestly like mock the fact that I'm not on Spotify. I don't subscribe to Spotify because it's such a monolith of that's where people go to consume their music. And I think whenever you have that in any media, whether it's a, a studio that you're only seeing the, the films that they're just putting out or like you need that competition and there, there really isn't for that with Spotify at the minute. Um, but having said that, that's where you can find Tara Lee and drive. <laughs> and it's all normally at this point that I go, um, what we actually do, George, is put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast with uh, <laughs> all of the tracks yeah. that we've spoken about today, including Tara's, um, to accompany that so people can go and listen to all of your tracks. Maybe I'll put this one on YouTube. Like, why Mate, that would be the that'd be beautiful. Let's that'd do that. Be beautiful. Let's or if you that. put on Spotify, put an ape song on there that's just like a little rebel song, like just a little, <laughs> okay. just a tiny little rebellion song. All right, I'll do that. Um, George, we're, uh, we're we're steaming through 2022 now, and it would appear that all industry, you know, in the creative industries, are all all back and functioning as 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 they were as close as they were to to, to pre lockdown. Uh, what um what are you looking forward to personally from the rest of this year and what's going to be happening professionally? Well, personally, um, I got 
some very good friends of mine are getting married in September in Spain and it's been put off for like what three years now Two, I think they've had three different dates because of COVID um, and it looks like they're finally going to make it um, and that's going to be an amazing just relief for everyone it's not only is it a wedding it's like you get to go to Spain you have your little holiday and stuff but the actual I do is going to be just a sigh of relief around around this venue so I'm I'm really looking forward to that um I've, and in september as well, i've also got a project coming out called wedding season which is a disney plus show it's their first ever european tv show first of a british one um which september 8th i believe is coming out and i'm incredibly excited about that i cannot wait for that to come out i've seen the first two or three episodes and i like it and that's always a bonus i really really like it i'm yeah. really excited for it to to go out into the world um so yeah looking forward to that and then towards the end of the year uh possibly beginning of next year uh is that show i mentioned before masters of the air which is sort of the next in the band of brothers series yeah about an american bomber group in world war ii uh that's gonna be coming out as well and again personally and professionally those things are so yeah, interlinked with me that it's like that's i'm just looking forward to those things and, and putting them out there and being able to talk about them and sort of relive them through yeah telling all the all the stories that you gather along the way wonderful wonderful and, and george if people want to keep up the speed with you and, and all of your projects where's the best place to to stay up to uh everything with george webster yeah instagram or twitter i managed to grab at george webster on both of those early doors um so yeah that's that's where you can find me wonderful if it's cool with you we tag you in it when this episode comes out absolutely yeah i'll be listening lovely cringing horribly <laughs> george i've had a real lovely time man it's been it's been a real pleasure getting to talk to you about music and stuff mate thank you so much thank you Stu. it's absolute pleasure thanks for having me there you go george webster what a lovely lad he was oh it was a great chat that bundles of energy uh yeah just um I love it. I love these these opportunities to meet these people and and just you know connect with them on different bits and pieces and and yeah and just sort of it brings out uh, hopefully what what you have interpreted as a really nice warm and lovely fun conversation. That's exactly what I got from it. So if you get a fraction of that, you've had a good time. Um, thanks again to George uh, for giving up his time to come on here. As mentioned at the beginning, go check out the back catalogue. There's hundreds of episodes with loads of actors, comedians, producers, DJs. Go, go go get stuck in um, and have a look. Tell your mates about the podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do that by sharing it on the socials. You can do that um, by, I guess, essentially head over to Patreon and, and you can support it directly there for 20p a week. And, uh, and that'd be great. And all of that, again, one more time off the beat and track podcast.com i'm back next time in the meantime uh have a lovely time be nice to each other i love you lots see ya it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew with him Eat it, boy.